Hi, this is Dana Gardner, Principal Analyst at Intra-Arbor Solutions, and you're listening to Briefings Direct. Our next healthcare finance insights discussion explores ways that healthcare providers can become more proactive in financial and cost transparency from the patient perspective by anticipating rather than reacting to mandates on healthcare economics and process efficiencies. Providers are becoming more competitive and building more trust and satisfaction with their patients and caregivers. To learn more about the benefits of a more proactive and data-driven approach to healthcare costs estimation, we are joined by some experts. We're here with Kate Papoon. She's Manager of Revenue Cycle Operations at Bay State Health in Springfield, Massachusetts. Welcome, Kate. Thank you for having me. We're delighted to have you with us. We're also here with Julie Gerdeman, President of HealthPay24 in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Good to have you back, Julie. Thanks, Dana. Now that we've sort of got to this point with transparency about healthcare and medical costs, that sort of the finger has been pulled out of the dike. We've had some mandates and regulations, but it's still sort of a new endeavor, and people are feeling their way through it on cost transparency and the need for more accurate estimations about what things will actually cost when you get a medical procedure. So, Kate, why has it been so difficult, and why is it a complex situation to provide actual, accurate medical cost estimate? I think it really has to do with the educating of our patients. Patients don't understand what a charge master is, which of course is the technical term for the data that um, we are now required to post on our website, they just kind of know it as, you know, what's this going to cost me? And for them to see a spreadsheet that lists out 21,000 different codes can be very overwhelming. And what I know, what Bay State does, as I'm sure most other hospitals in Massachusetts do, is give them an option to give us a call if you have any questions, because you're right, it is in the infancy. And uh, we're kind of just getting our feet wet. And so are patients, because patients may not know what questions to ask. So we try to do the best we can to educate as much as possible. Julie, it seems like the intention is good. The idea of getting more information in people's hands so they can make rational decisions, particularly about something as important as healthcare. the intent sounds great. But the implementation, the details, not quite there yet. So um, given the fact that we need to become perhaps more holistic, uh, proactive, looking at all the different parts, but at the same time making it user-friendly. Where are we in terms of, of this? Is this the infancy? Is this second inning? And where do we go next? I think we're actually still in infancy. I think we had a race to the deadline, to the CMS deadline of January 1st, 2019, where all the providers rushed to at least meet the bare minimum. Um, so a lot of what we've seen is just the charge master with some context available. There is competition, and so for that competition, we've started to see people take it a little bit further, Dana. So there, um, where I live in Pennsylvania, you know, I have actually a radius and access of where I could drive to a number of different providers. And because of that, that's driven competition in a way beyond infancy. So we're seeing pockets start to emerge where people have taken it further. So they don't just provide context, but they are starting to leverage the charge master and, and the, what they provide to support it as competitive differentiation. So perhaps we should make clear, too, that there are many areas in the country, in the United States, where you don't really have a choice. There is one major facility that handles most medical procedures, and that's where you go. But that's changing. There are places where there are multiple ones, like you've mentioned in Pennsylvania. There is going to be more opportunity for competition for a marketplace where it's uh, pick-and-choose, rational decision-making. But that's not the case where you are yet at Base Day. Tell us a little bit why, for your 
customers, your patients, they don't necessarily do a lot of shopping around quite yet. They don't. And, you know, it's funny that that question that you just asked, Julie, it's kind of the opposite for us, we find, because we actually have multiple hospitals. So being a, a healthcare system, when we posted our, our charge master, we also posted it for our, our other three hospitals, not just for the main BMC, uh, which is Bay State Medical Center. And um, that can also create confusion for our patients as well, because although we're not exactly at that drive to be competitive with other area hospitals. One, because BMC is actually the only level one trauma center in its geographical area. But when we do have that patient ask, why is it cost so much different, you know, at your other hospital, which is 40 miles away than here, you know, we, we had to really step up and help educate our staff. So when patients call and ask, we have really the ability to answer that question and really help guide patients as to what's the difference between a charge master price and what they're actually going to pay. And to be able to um, educate and and allow patients, uh, I should say, give them the ability to find out what the amount is would be more of a estimate of charges for their particular insurance. And that, that's been, I will say, we, we have not had a lot of questions from patients. We anticipate it, it will definitely increase. But we are, we're definitely ready to be able to answer those questions and really help guide patients. Right, and we know from a lot of sources these days that the charge master is really just a, a starting point and not necessarily an accurate one from the perspective of an outsider looking in. But in the meantime, it started this process towards getting more accurate price transparency. And while there's a regulatory impetus, there's potential competition, at least in some markets, it seems to me that one of the biggest drivers for this, whether it's having multiple facilities, whether it's having 12,000 different price items, is it's about trust and it's about loyalty, the ability to feel good, the customer experience, that whole sense of confidence about a process. So Julie, what, regardless of the driver, what does it take to get past this point of lack of trust? Or maybe we have eroding trust because of this complexity. How do we reverse that erosion and get towards building a better process for people to feel comfortable about what and how they pay for their health care? I do think there's such an opportunity for providers to create a trusted, unique, personalized experience with this transparency uh, regulation. Because in any experience where you're procuring goods and services, there is an established, there's a need for information and want to get information and research. But there's also um, an expectation now with consumerization that the experience you have is of the, is a great experience, right? A, a superior consumer experience. And what Kate described for her staff, you know, that's one way of providing a great experience, right? You train the staff, you have them readily available to answer questions to the highest level of detail that's necessary and expected by the patients. I also think there's an opportunity for providers just from a marketing perspective, and that's what we're starting to see, to define their brand uniquely and differently. And that brand, you know, kind of that brand experience then is something that patients will start to look for. They look for it, and we look for it in our personal lives in what we do. And healthcare is 
so personal and should be part of that that personal experience. And uh, Kate, I think it's fair to say that even as provider organizations like yourself and technology providers like HealthPay24 are working to make this better, we're, we're, we're kind of going against the, the flow of the stream because uh, as changes come down from the federal government, uh, we're facing an election year soon where healthcare is going to be a prominent topic. When we see that insurance companies have more co-pays, we have more deductibles, the healthcare plans that are available have more bullet points, more complexity. What would you like to see happen uh, in terms of the technologies and solutions that come to the market as you as a consumer to help make this process better for you and your patients? Dana, I think that I think one of the things you said about kind of the way that the country is going to go moving forward politically, politically, not politically, transparency is going to be the future. Uh, transparency, I, I think, is just, it's only going to get more transparent. Prices of, uh, I think this being the infancy stage of the government making the attempt to really help educate consumers, I think it was a great idea. The problem is, is that it did not come with a disclaimer. Each hospital is required to really provide that disclaimer to really help guide patients. And I think the intent was fantastic. But there, there's so many different ways to look at the information that's provided. If you look at it face value, it can be quite shocking. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I heard a, a great a great analogy recently, which is when a patient could go on and online and look at a charge master and see that aspirin is going to cost them $100 at a, at a hospital, which, uh, you know, obviously that's, it, it seems you're taken aback, but that's not the actual cost to a patient. I think there needs to be much more robust education regarding what it is patients are looking at. And, and I think that's only going to help technology companies really help bring hospital systems, hospitals to the next level to be able to assist with, um, you know, the education piece for patients. But also if patients don't have the ability to really understand that there's this whole other layer, which is their actual insurance. So Massachusetts, we're, we're actually pretty lucky because when Mitt Romney <clears throat> was our governor 12 years ago, you know, he really started, patients really need to have insurance. And because of that, it's actually reduced our overall self-pay patients. So I think it's the, the least amount in the entire United States. Um, it's around, I think, 2 or 3%. So what I think some of the benefits that other states see from this list, which is really engaging with patients to be able to have a conversation of, you know, it's going to cost $2,000 for this. And patients say, wow, I really don't have insurance and I, I'd really like to get this. And now I can really shop around. Thank you, Hospital A, because Hospital A is $2,000. Hospital B is only $1,500. I really have to really press the infancy piece for Massachusetts because we Massachusetts dedicates itself to really helping educate patients with their benefits. So Massachusetts, so MassHealth, which is the Medicaid program in Massachusetts, they, the state actually requires all Massachusetts hospitals to have what's called financial counselors, certified account counselors. So those counselors actually are there to help with patient benefits. And rolled into that, because of the questions that we do receive, is going to be, is this going to cost me $20,000? No. You know what? If you sign up for benefits or you're, the benefits that you have, it's not going to cost you that much. That would be, Charge Master is more of a definition of what is actually charged to insurance companies. So it, it's... It seems like it seems like something that's so easy to explain to a patient. Patients don't get to the point where they ask questions sometimes. Oh, I got to click on this to get a person to talk to. I already know 
it's going to cost me 20 grand. So I'm going to move on. So the sticker shock is something you have to work with them on and bring them back to reality, looking at the particulars of their insurance, their location, their particular requirements in a medical you know, problem or issue. That's there. We know that. That's a lot of data, a lot of information. It seems to me that you're not only shopping potentially for health care, but you're going to be shopping for your insurance policy. And the more information that you understand about your particular health outlays, the better you'll be as a shopper when the next time comes around for you to pick an insurance company and what the variables are that make most sense for you. These are all choices. This is all data-driven. This is all information-driven. So, Julie, why is it so hard for, in the medical setting, for that data to become actionable? We know in other areas that it's there. We know that we can use machine learning and artificial intelligence to predict the weather. And the way that we predict the weather is we look at what happened the last 500 times a storm came up the East Coast. And that gives us a setting and an example. Where do we go next? And why will data-driven technologies have to be brought to the medical process problem? I think Kate really said it well when she said transparency is here and transparency is the future. And honestly, transparency is table stakes at this point. And, And CMS has already indicated that they're expecting, they're taking comments and expecting to expand this ruling to include more, right? This was just the first step in put your prices there, but they know that more has to be done to address this complexity for patients, for consumers. So technology is going to play a critical role in all of this because, you know, when you reference things like the weather and other aspects of our lives, they leverage technology looking back to look forward. And the same is true and will come to bear in healthcare. It's starting to. So uh, teams like Kate's use estimation tools, right, to provide as best um, and as most accurate as possible in advance of services and procedures to patients, right, to give them that window as best as they can before a service from pre-service. And and health pay is actually involved as part of our mission, right, from pre-service to post-service on the patient financial engagement. But it is arming the providers and their staff with that technology. I think that's most important to make a difference for the future. There will always be complexities in healthcare. There will always be things happening and during procedures, right, that yet that physicians and surgeons can't anticipate. And that's where there will have to be modifications later. But given what we know of the, you know, 5,000 knee replacements someone might have done, I think we can start to provide forward-looking data to to patients so that they can make an informed decision like they've never before, and they can start to compare that. Now, um, we know from other industries that bringing knowledge and user ability to complexity works. And one of the places that they bring this that's the most powerful is to a help desk. Those people that are on the other end of a telephone or a chatbot, whether you're in a industry of consumer electronics or information technology. So it seems to me that those people that you have at Bay State, mandated by the state of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, to uh, be able to explain to patients, that's your help desk in one sense. So what tools would you like to see optimally, hypothetically, in the hands of those people who are explaining all of this complexity away for those patients? I'm going to say, quite frankly, step one, 
I would love to see some type of education, maybe um, in the form of a video from um, maybe some hospitals if they partnered together. So that really helps patients understand what it is they're about to look at when they actually go on and start really educating themselves on what a charge master is, what dollar amounts are associated with certain procedures. That's going to set the stage for the questions to come through to the staff that you mentioned, um, which is essentially the help desk people who are there ready and, and armed and willing to respond to patients. But here, here's the other problem with that. The problem is, is this topic is a moving target. People like black and white. People like this is definitely what I'm going to pay before they get it done. A comparison to this was buying a car. Yes, I agree. This is actually very similar to educating yourself, looking if you there's a specific model that you like for a car, going to different um, dealers, looking it up online, seeing what you're going to pay, and negotiating that before you buy the car. That's the piece that's missing from this process. You can't negotiate it yet. The future may, you know, the whole transparency thing, you never know. Yeah, it could be an auction. But it's that moving target that's going to make this hard to swallow for, I think, for a lot of patients. Because obviously this is not like driving a car or buying a car. It's, it's, it's your life. It's your health. And because of the transparency thing that we mentioned, which is that the future is just going to be purely transparent, but the future is also going to bring higher costs to patients, regardless of who they are, what plan they have. The plans 10 years ago that didn't have a deductible, the plans 10 years ago that have $5 copay, those are the plans that have $60 copay and a $5,000 deductible. That is the way that our, our climate, the healthcare climate's moving. It's only going to get more. There's only going to be more cost burden on patients. So when they see a list like this, and, and I think people are very sensitive to the fact that they're going to need to pay out more money, more money, more money for, for, their, for their own health care services, it's going to, I think it's really going to bring a sense of concern. So when they do call and they do talk to that help desk, it's really important. It behooves all of us in Massachusetts, all of our hospitals, to really make sure that we're answering patients of, yes, it, is, it was an amazing idea to have this transparency, but let me explain what it means. And to have kind of what I was talking about earlier about the video or some type of, of something that can reach out personally to patients that explains what it is they're about to look at would be such a huge help. And I, I think that it's, that's our future. Julie? Yeah, I'd just like to add that HealthPay, we get to work with providers all across the country. So there are, I mentioned Pennsylvania earlier, there are areas that have had to do this. They've had to be a bit proactive and jump into that competitive landscape with these personalized marketing materials. So we are starting to see videos, the, the human language, the the approach of, yes, we recognize you're a consumer and we recognize that you have choice. And even gone to the extent of creating price checkers, charge checkers, all online, right, to give people that flexibility in their homes conveniently to enter, you know, click a box from a charge master, as best as they can determine what procedure or service they're receiving, to check those charges and, and their hospitals, you know, that are competing and putting those calculators and making them available to consumers proactively. What I'm sensing is a, a real building urgency from organizations like Bay State Health, and, and they're large. They have service in both Western Massachusetts as well as um, the Knowledge Corridor of Massachusetts and Connecticut, uh, four hospitals, 80 medical practices, 25 reference 
laboratories, 12,000 employees, and these might even be outdated uh, in, you know, information, 1,600 physicians. So if they have a sense of urgency but aren't yet quite aware of what is available and how to solve this problem, seems to me a big opportunity. But one thing that I think we can all agree on is it's time to be proactive, to be further behind the eight ball when it comes to recognizing what's required to make transparency happen and be accurate just won't, won't work. So what do you recommend, Kate, for organizations to try to think more proactively, get out in front of this issue, and how can providers in the marketplace like Julie uh, help on that? What I mentioned earlier, I think that if there is a level of education that starts at the place where patients go to actually look at what charge prices are to really almost like a disclaimer in a way of, you know, listen, this is what you're about to look at. It's, it's not exactly, you know, it's a little bit of jargon. And, you know, that's okay that you, that you're going to feel that way because the, this is raw data coming from a hospital. And a lot of people have to go to school for a very long time sometimes to read and understand what it is that they're looking at. And that I think if there's a way that we can have patients really focused to call and ask questions, that's going to help. Now, I think for like the technology side going forward, I'm very interested to see what it's going to look like in about a year. I would say I would, I'm very interested to see what the feedback is from other hospitals, what the feedback is from other providers in Massachusetts as to how this has gone. You know, today, uh, quite frankly, when uh, I was kind of researching, doing a little bit of research for ourselves in Bay State, and I was trying to reach out to my areas to say, what are the questions patients are asking? Patients are not really calling that much to talk about this, this subject yet. And, and, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I think that that's a sediment that most hospitals in Massachusetts are feeling right now. I don't think that there is one hospital system that is ahead of the curve, really running towards that that goal of make of plastering all of this data because I don't think everybody knows what to do with it yet. And I think that for kind of those IT companies and, and partners, you know, that we have are our technical partners, um, you know, like, like health pay 24 being able to take that jargon and put it into some type of version that is easily digestible. I think that's, that's going to be the future. And, and I think that ties back to the question of is transparency going to be the wave of the future? And that's absolutely yes, but it's all about who can read the language and if, if myself and Julie are the only two people in a room that can read the language, we're letting our patients down. Well, engineering complexity out is one of the things that technology does very well and that software has been most instrumental in for the past 15 or 20 years. So, Julie, as we end our discussion, for those organizations like Bay State Health that want to be more proactive, that want to be in a position in a year to be able to answer those phone calls in the best way, what do you recommend? What do you recommend that provider organizations start doing to be in front of this issue when it comes to accurate transparent health costs information? Yeah, first, I think there is a huge opportunity to look at the technology that's available today and also emerging technology and where it's headed. Because if history proves anything, Dana, to your point, it's that technology can provide higher, you know, new levels of clarity and reduce complexity and really digitize 
processes and things that were completely manual where everything needed to be done on the phone, fax, paper, all of that, right? So there's still in healthcare this big opportunity to embrace technology to to become more proactive. We talk about being proactive. It's really stop reacting, take a strategic approach, just like in, in IT architecture of the past, right? Take that strategic approach, look at processes and workflows and see what can be completely completely digitized and automated in in new ways. I think that's a huge opportunity. I also don't want to lose sight of the human aspect because this is healthcare and we're all human and it's so personal that technology again can can help personalize experiences because they people may not be calling because they want access online via their phone. They they want everything mobile and simple and beautiful and digital because that's all that we experience in our lives. So I think providers have a great opportunity to leverage technology to make things even more personal and human and to really differentiate themselves as brands in Massachusetts but also you know all across the country to become leading brands in healthcare. Well very good I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to a sponsored briefings direct healthcare finance insights discussion on how healthcare providers can become more proactive in modernizing financial and cost transparency from the patient perspective. And we've learned how anticipating rather than reacting to mandates on healthcare economics and process efficiencies, by doing so, providers are building more trust and satisfaction from their patients as well as their caregivers. So please join me now in thanking our guests. We've been here with Kate Papoon, Manager of Revenue Cycle Operations at Bay State Health. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. It was great. And we've also been here with Julie Gerdeman, President of HealthPay24. Thank you so much, Julie. Thanks for the opportunity, Dana. And a big thank you as well to our audience for joining this HealthPay24 sponsored thought leadership discussion. I'm Dana Gardner, Principal Analyst at Inter Arbor Solutions, your host and moderator. Thanks again for listening, and do come back next time.